0: It is the Anfield Rapids, Neil Atkinson to do some season reviews uh, A little bit with Dan Austin updating on what he's been up to in France And also we'll have some chat around Sadio Mane and James Milner But I've got with me, I've got Josh Sexton, Amelia Bonner, uh, Siobhan began, and Kev Walsh To talk about the season that we've just all lived through all together And maybe a teeny little bit of looking forward to the next one uh, Because football is an ever-flowing river that never stops Speaking of which, uh, we are at Earth in Hackney on the 9th of July
1: It was nice that, nice link. Thank you.
0: Uh, it was much contemplated <laughs> this morning in the shower. <laughs> how, you you get, it, how are you getting from how are you getting from A to B here, Akko? Oh yes, that's clever. Uh was what <laughs> we went through. So that's how we ended up in this position of and
2: I'm uh, you in the shower as well. Uh, well um <laughs> awesome. I mean that's that's that's
0: that's, that's, that's <laughs> also what I'm in it for. Um so yeah, uh I will be fully closed at uh Hackney, uh Earth in Hackney on the 9th of July with an Anfield Rap live show. Do come down, do buy tickets, they are available. Uh, go to the forward slash T aw live you'll be linked through for that really really looking forward to that as that will mark in lots of ways the start of the new campaign but we will look back on the previous one and (coughs) josh uh you are first in the chair for a chat on the anfield wrap about the season that was 2021 2022 it's your time you can do whatever you want with it you can go in any direction you like fill your boots uh, so I,
3: I basically spent the last 10 minutes before this show prepping and also was late to the show. So, so a bit of that time as well, um, looking back over the season, because to be honest, it, it, it still feels a bit like a fever dream. It still feels like I'm not yet at the point where I've settled enough to, like, to like go back and relive it. I was, I was, I was trying like to really avoid any and all football activity. Um, off the back of Paris, but then I found myself watching the Wales Ukraine game this the, this weekend. So I, I, I can see I can see the green shoots there already of, of, <laughs> of, of me of me slipping back into a football mindset. But it was it was interesting really looking back over the results of the season because it it looks for for all intents and purposes like the start of a, of a, a season which it should be every Liverpool season if that makes sense in terms of. You know, there's big wins there against sort of lesser teams. There's a few results in there which which you can look back on and think, oh, maybe that was where it went wrong. For Liverpool, that that was where it went wrong. But that's obviously the the sort of course of the season. I think one of the, the most interesting things I thought about the the, the first instalment in Liverpool season, if you will, there was, was there was there was there was drop points at very strange times. It was it was generally before international breaks and then going into December. Um, but there's there's a, there's a few games in there building up to international breaks where Liverpool are looking at building ahead of momentum looking at building ahead of steam and they just seem to to drop points at at the sort of wrong time so there's the Chelsea at home game at the end of August before the first international break Um, a bit further down there is the Brentford draw followed by the Man City draw before the October international break and then there's the uh, Brighton home draw and the West Ham loss before the November international break and I think that's that sort of felt like Liverpool's first half of the season and I don't know whether this is the sort of thing where the manager and the players get in their own heads a bit when, when these scenarios arise a scenario they see as being problematic where you know there's going to be players going away for, for, for internationals there's going to be potential injuries there there's other things to balance there's things out of Liverpool's control I wonder whether there's almost a bit of like a, a, a sort of negative foreshadowing um, by Liverpool particularly in the early stage of the season um, but then December December is, is a really really strange time because December is it, or or the winter in general I should say is a time where Liverpool's league season and, and title challenge simultaneously looks like it's it's completely failed. But then Liverpool's domestic cup challenges sort of pick up a, a bit of momentum, and the same momentum that there's there's the there's the the win at home to Shrewsbury, which is of course the start of their FA Cup campaign. But there's the Leicester League Cup game, which which sort of feels like it, it it rescued winter at the time because you know Liverpool go on to to lose to Leicester in the in the league the following game. But they dropped enough points by then, and Manchester City have picked up enough for you to think that the league title challenge is sort of all but over, particularly heading. Into January, um, but then you look—you look at December in isolation in particular, and you look at that Leicester result in in the League Cup and. It feels like there's really something there. And it got me thinking about the, when, when you know, Mane and Salah eventually go away for AFCON, Keita goes away for AFCON as well, and how we all thought that would be the point where Liverpool's season would, would sort of derail. But the one result I feel like that galvanised that, that winter period before the lads went away to AFCON was the game where he made a load of changes. And I, I just wonder whether there's something in that in terms of the, 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 the amount of changes he made and the fact that we had to make change when the lads went away to AFCON if, if that didn't happen. Is there a chance that Liverpool's season looks completely different? Mm is there a chance that you know Manning and Salah not going away means that Liverpool are still throwing in some of those bad results particularly before international breaks and, and that sort of thing but the fact that they have to you know bring Diogo Jota has to step up and score all the goals he does they have to bring Oxley chamberlain in Fabinho steps up and, and scores a few goals I just wonder whether that gives Liverpool a bit of a bit of freshness of, of mind almost and, and puts a bit more in the legs going into the going into the sort of spring run because the spring run from there is is, is absolutely unbelievable and I, I, I've seen a few people sort of talking about that spring run and how that makes Liverpool the, the, the best team in the world and, and I'm fully on board with that because honestly like the, the, the way we were going in the domestic cups from, from about, about January there is two games a week and, they, and they're just all cup finals I, I was looking back at all the results I just remember thinking oh that was a big game And well, that was a big game as well that was a huge game that was a massive game what a big win that was <laughs> and just over and over again all the way through from <clears throat> from January till May, um, and 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 that's where it sort of leads you. And then and then the last the last week of the season feels almost like it's it's its own chapter now, doesn't it? Because you have go, going into that game uh, home to Wolves, I, I was not expecting anything from Aston Villa. I, I kept saying this throughout the sort of back end of the season that I was wasn't expecting Manchester City to drop any points, but you lived in hope. And I and I can't believe how much hope we were given mm. on that on that last day at Anfield. It's more hope than I, than I know what to do with. My, my poor heart couldn't handle <laughs> yeah. the amount of hope uh, that we've been given, but it but it led into expectation didn't it because as soon as Aston Villa go two goals up you're all of a sudden expecting that, that there's, there's something there for Liverpool Liverpool just needed to get the goal and put the scoreboard pressure on they didn't um, and then there's the events of Paris which I, I feel I feel like are obviously completely sort of what happened off the pitch completely overshadows the football in the end but it, it, it leads to this season where you know we had this brilliant challenge on all four fronts we had so many different sort of chapters to it and so and so many different things sort of happening from, from January onwards that it feels like it petered out to an extent which which, which was just shame because the football's deserved it to keep going with the sort of crescendo that that it had been going with since January but then we get our parade at the end and and that sort of rescues things for me but I'm ready to uh, switch back off from the football now. Um, Just
0: on on everything that you've sort of gone through there, you say about the international breaks, the Mm -hmm. end of the run Sorry, you say about sort of up to an international break. I wonder if it's as much. It's almost like the end of a run. Do you know what I mean? Like because th- that tends to be like game seven. You yeah. played. You, you know, you've gone through six tough games, and then there's the seventh game that just sort of hangs over you. And I wonder if that's that's past the fact of that Brighton game as well. The idea if it was just always oh, and there's one more game.
3: Yeah, and I think there's 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 obviously the the sort of impending break that is to come. And I think w- one of the things I I always sort of like think about when I'm looking back at those poor results in particular was just how tired Liverpool looked in it in, mm. in, in in, for the most part of them like that Brighton game in particular Liverpool started so so well but then towards the end of the game I was genuinely thinking there's only one winner here and it's probably Brighton um, because Liverpool had, like, had fallen off, their legs have fallen off to, to that much of an extent and, and I, I do wonder whether there's something in that, what you're saying there Neil of just it being a run of games that are so so tough and then you get you get to that one where it's like oh our, our break is coming and you're, you're almost aware that your break is coming mm. and, and then that's when the legs fall off and, and I wonder whether five. Subs will impact that next season as well. I wonder whether you know where you get those games for the international break. You'll just see more changes from the start from the manager, and then he'll be able to do more off the bench. Um, But obviously, that wasn't the case this season, and that that is where you saw quite a lot of drop points. Okay. Anything else from anyone? Uh Nothing.
2: Covered it all well <laughs> done. Yeah. You can all go home now.
4: I was ready with a the question, then he answers it with his last sentence. Oh, and I man. was going to say, like, don't be asking me any questions because I
1: don't want them. <laughs> is, I've got that loads. That is not the spirit. Oh,
4: I <laughs> <it's> my <laughs> <spirits.
1: This> is, <laughs> I prepared I, my statement, I've got no she, further
3: answers she, today. so, so, so contrary. What I was going to say
4: was that like, going into next season, you know, it's the the, the pace is not going to change, the challenge is not going to hmm. change, the requirements are of Liverpool is not going to change. So what, you know, you're looking for marginal gains, aren't you? You're not looking for wholesale changes or anything like that. So going into those, comes to the end of those runs or going into those international breaks, whichever way you want to look at it, what's going to change? Because Mm -hmm. if that's where it's been... The downfall. That's where it's going to need to change. But then you win and rescues it and answers it succinctly in a sense. Well, I,
3: I think yeah. the, the flow of the season will, will change as well. Like what's what's going to be so so strange about next season is 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 sort of you know just before the the World Cup starts and just we, after we come back from the World Cup as well. And I think there's probably an extent to which particularly in the league, whichever team you know at the top of it in terms of Liverpool, Manchester City responds to going into the World Cup and coming out of the World Cup, the best is is genuinely the team that wins the league. I think that this season is almost in two acts for Manchester. City and Liverpool in terms of Manchester City started like a house on fire and finish it with a few sort of sketchy results here and there. But Liverpool started with a few quite sketchy results and then and then ended like a house on fire. And I wonder whether that's going to all look completely different next season. I don't expect either of of Liverpool City's points totals to be what they were this season. I think that they will keep sort of slowly declining, and, and the World Cup next season will have a big impact on that. But I think you. You mentioned the marginal gains, Siobhan. I think that's going to be really important next season is which manager makes those marginal gains and responds to those different scenarios well enough to, to, to go on and, and win the league. Okay. Anything else?
1: Nope. I've got no questions for you, Josh. Okay, no it.
0: notes. Uh, <laughs> over then and next up uh, with her season review is Amelia Bonner
1: um, I wrote mine down last night and some of it is quite similar to what Josh has said at the end there which suggests that we were watching the same season um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, <Yeah. laughs> um, no the way in which it's similar is just that the the kind of the sense of hope I know you were just talking about the Wolves game but um, I, I My resounding memory from that season is just hope and excitement and how it surrounded every single fixture and i suppose when i'm talking about that i'm more talking about the second half of it kind of from january onwards when it suddenly became very possible i know we like to keep it a bit more cool and not talk about you know this could happen is this going to happen until it feels like it, it really could happen um but i think Knowing that the quadruple was on the table and that it was on the table for so long injected every single fixture with this sense of hope and excitement that I've never known before. There were no small games. There were no mundane fixtures. There were no like, oh, it's just midweek game against, you know, X, Y, Z. It was every game was massive and every game felt like a cup final because we knew what we were in it for. Um, I think that the scale of the quadruple at times could have felt daunting and quite overwhelming. And I'm sure at times it did feel that way for the manager and, and for the players. But for me, it just meant that everything felt so exciting and so full of promise, knowing that we were potentially making history, potentially doing something impossible. Um, and that's what I'll look back at it kind of and remember more than anything. Um, I think when I look back at this season now and also kind of in, in years to come and seasons to come, I think that the silverware that we have to show at the end of it for me doesn't represent what we achieved this season and I don't say that to kind of undermine or do down the two cups that we did win or how brilliant they both felt because it was incredible um, but I think that it's something that rival fans like to say to kind of rally you a bit of like oh you were going on about winning the quadruple and you've just ended finished the season second in the league and not winning the Champions League final and I think that what we have to show at the end of it and the trophies that they're getting to carry around on that bus don't really kind of capture what it felt like and how huge it all felt and how brilliant it is to get that close to perfection. I know you have nothing to show for it if you don't quite achieve it, but the kind of that, that nearly becoming immortal, nearly achieving perfection in a way that no one else has done before has to be the thing to celebrate in itself. And that's why for me, (coughs) when I look back at this season, it's not so much the kind of what we've got to show for it at the end that I'll use to measure it. It's the moments that we enjoyed, because I think and I kept trying to remind myself of it over and over again this season that you've got to enjoy the journey because if you're not enjoying every single moment of it and if you're not enjoying the journey, then what's the fucking point in all of it? Like there's, there's just no point. So I think when I was doing my season review, I was looking back at, at the fixtures and looking back at the results, but I was mainly just thinking about the ones that stood out for me as like big moments, big nights that I won't forget and. Um, and the one that kind of first of all popped to the front of my mind was the United game at home, because um, I don't I don't get to go to many games, which is obviously absolutely fine. But like I've never it means I've never gotten complacent about getting to go to Anfield, um, and it, I still feel really privileged every single time I get to go to the ground. It still feels so special. There's never like a. Oh God, I gotta go and do that now. Do you know what I mean? Which I know there never is for any of us, but I think well, sometimes so much there is. <laughs> But I think for me it always it always feels a little bit like I've won a competition every single time I get to go to Anfield. Like I've I've cut out all the tops of the cereal boxes and I've managed to get to go to Anfield, which is, is really nice. Um and yeah, so one of the, the biggest moments for me this season that I'll look back at and remember is, is that 4-0 win at home. Because um, my brother had very, very graciously promised me his ticket. Um, but I could tell that it was absolutely killing him. Um, And in the run up to it, um, he was trying everything to try and find a ticket, like a spare. And so was I. And then one of Karl Kopak's mates was missing the fixture. So I got to go and sit next to his dad um, with all of their mates, I think, quite near to where you normally sit, Neil. And it's the best spec i've ever had in the ground it's like essentially on the halfway line like so close that you could spit and reach it and it's um like what a spec to have had for that game it was amazing and i've been at anfield for some like amazing fixtures but i think the nature of only getting to go sometimes means that i often get to go to the games that other people aren't really that bothered about going to whereas this one <laughs> meant that i was I've, I've never been in the ground and had it feel like that it'd be that electric for it to be that loud and to be that excited it was just I felt like a little kid and it was brilliant um my brother and I grew up in a town where you had no Premier League football team and you definitely weren't supporting Cardiff City or Swansea um (laughs) so it meant that basically every single kid was a Liverpool fan or a Man United fan um and my brother says all the time that there were so many mornings that he'd go into school after they'd beat us and have to get the piss ripped out of him by Man United fans and he just said that that 4-0 win, 9-0 over the two fixtures just felt like redemption for years and years and years of having to go, all right, you gobshite, one day it'll be different. And so I I walked up to the ground with him and we had some chips and then I met him afterwards when I was doing the post-match pint and it was just like a weight had been lifted off him, like a a 30-year weight had been taken off his shoulders. That It it just been incredible and brilliant and I've never felt Anfield feel that electric when I've been there and it was absolutely amazing. So that's... um, what stood out for me, and there's others like, you know, watching the Carabao Cup the day after our wedding, absolutely hanging and then suddenly being quite alive again, <laughs> which oh was really, God, really good. Oh, God, being
4: on the way the day after your wedding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I felt it felt like it was inconsiderate of us to have got really married the day before, to be honest. Um, but yeah, that was brilliant. I've written down others, but I'll end up going on for too long. Um, but then again, in terms of like thinking about the moments and the journey and the memories, I'd even add to it as kind of as... Odd as it sounds, given how it all ended, I'd add the last game of the season to that because I watched it in Punch Tami's with um, Olivia Graham, also of this parish, um, and loads of her mates. My mate Becky was there. It's the first game we'd watched together since we went to the Brian 2-2 at home. Again, another one that I managed to get a ticket for, weirdly. <laughs> but um, the reason I include that in it is because we weren't watching it in the ground so we didn't have that weird kind of like ripple effect that you hear when City go down where you're kind of hearing it through the noise and through whatever else is going on. We were seeing them both happening in real time because people had them up. So Uh I think it was painful, but it It must have been mad. It was mad, but it felt like just the sense of hope was unbelievable that like, for so much of it i really believed it was going to happen and that we were going to do it like i i fucking love the narrative i absolutely love the narrative <laughs> and i'd convinced myself that like a coutinho goal for Gerard's villa was going to be what handed liverpool the league like i, I just love the narrative but it was so exciting and there were so many moments where i just thought this is it like this is happening it felt unbelievable and impossible but it's happening and when i was walking home from that um like walk back on my own after the last game of the season and rather than feeling sad or disappointed or anything like that I just kept saying to myself nothing that feels as good as that felt in those moments where it felt good is not worth the lows like there's no way that it's you go oh well this wasn't worth it because I felt so shit after it because you just (laughs) felt so brilliant doing it and I think sometimes the lows are what you come for because you get to enjoy the highs more um And then, yeah, looking forward, I guess, when I say that this season was characterised by excitement and a feeling of promise and what we might get to do, I don't have any sense that that's ended with the end of the season. I know that we're all shattered and the players and the manager more than anyone, I imagine, but I think... What this season did do was give me a confidence that we will just go and do it again. I don't think you can get that close to perfection and not walk away from it with an even greater determination to achieve it. We've got Jürgen for longer now. And to be honest, that was one of the biggest moments of the season that didn't happen on the pitch is just knowing that this just carries on. Um, the um, You know, the thing about I've said it before on, a, on one of these shows, but, you know, when... What's the saying about society is when old men plant trees that they won't get to sit in the shade of, but Jurgen a felt that's just gone, fuck that, I'm sitting in the shade yeah. of the tree. I, I am sitting in the shade of that tree and I'm going to really enjoy it. Um, so I think that basically, when I look back at the season, I'm going to remember just being dead excited <coughs> and I'm just still really excited for what's going to
3: come next. Excellent. Uh, any any questions? I, I think like one of the things that stood out for me there, Amelia, is is, is you talking about like the journey week to week. So I, I sort of wonder whether... You, like one of the things that stood out to me is is how like sad all the players were after the Champions mm-hmm. League final in particular, and like. Particularly in, in their like, I mean, you don't know who controls all the social media, but like a lot of their social media posts mm. after the parade was, was talk about like how sad they were. And like Neil always uses the phrase like in the results business. And I believe, you know, the players are completely in, in the results business. Mm. But I think we as, we as fans mm. and like the manager in particular, are like more more so on the, another Neil saying that like the journey hunter side. Mm. And that's one of the things I think like you, you felt so much this season was that, you know, living it week to week just just made you like feel like so alive like ev- every match was massive ev- every single game was a cup final and even like you mentioned about like the, the midweek ones where you thought like usually you could rub it off like Southampton yeah. Southampton away so, like right towards back in the season almost felt like that like I remember talking up shows and sort of feeling like it was a free hit and then suddenly Liverpool just find this way to make it feel like the biggest game that's ever yeah. happened in, in in existence and I think Jurgen was like was was sort of saying that throughout the whole season is how important the journey was. And, and, and I wonder whether, you know, particularly with, with, with the way next season could go, since you mentioned about building the foundation, I wonder whether we can maintain like enough of enough of that next season, like as, as fans and as the manager to keep going week to week and be like, this is the best thing that's ever happened.
1: Yeah, because like it is knackering, that's yeah. the thing. And I think like part of that, when you say about them all looking dead sad after it, there's got to be a level of like, they've pushed themselves beyond what you'd normally be expected to push yourself to do. And then they've not got the results from it at the end of it. And, like, Jürgen talks loads about when he, In the Cups, I like that he was talking a lot more about, like, the journey and the moments and, like, getting to give us moments, which are really important. But obviously, all the players are kind of sportsmen first and Liverpool players second. And what they want is results to show for it. And they want their name on the big, shiny thing. And they want to be able to kind of look back at their career with those achievements. And I guess they are all exhausted. And I think... I don't know how I see the world cup effect in all of this because I think it depends like Salah not going is absolutely massive and getting to have a rest is absolutely I massive as well. No? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I think like his obviously they're both still absolutely incredible and two of the best players in the world but I think especially Champions League final in the last games of the season, Robbo looks tired yeah. um, and there's kind of just like those really fine, fine margins where like you can't really fault him on much, but you know that you normally would have more to give to go above and beyond. He's, he's doing exactly what you'd expect of him, but he's not creating that kind of like extra brilliance that you'd maybe see when he's got a bit more in the tank. Salah obviously kind of is not the Salah that we've necessarily seen towards the tail end of the season. So I think them both getting a rest is massive. And I just hope that we as fans can keep it that exciting. I think that's why the parade was dead important. Like when we went to the Champions League final parade last time, and like how lucky we'd get to say that, by the way, just in space for a few years. But last time it went past and I was like, oh, that's amazing, dead exciting. And then this time when it went past, as the bus was gone, I just burst into tears because I just thought like, I'm so happy that they get to see that whatever the result is we're still here like we're all still giving it 100 percent. we're all still behind them and i think that's the most important thing in making them have that energy to do it again and meaning that they're not too exhausted to do it is kind of showing them that we're still there with them every step of it
3: yeah and start start the younger lads deeper into the cups as well if you're yeah. if you listening Jürgen <laughs> stick, stick, stick with the one who brought you <laughs> sure he is sure he is okay uh, we will go
0: over now to me talking to Dan Austin it's not happened yet uh, so I don't know what we could talk about anything to be quite honest with you but I suspect we're going to talk about his weekend in France and the way in which the general mood is in France after what happened at the Champions League final uh, that Here is that now. A pleasure to be joined by Don Austin, uh, who's back from France before getting himself a very, very, very well-earned break. Did the weekend in France, Dan, and there's been further civil disturbances that we've seen involving the police tear gas and people who were just simply trying to get a rail replacement bus, as far as I could see. Uh, There may be greater context to that, but this is the context in which all this has happened. We heard the hearing last week. We did the reaction show off the back of that. You've gone back over there this weekend to do all sorts of bits and pieces um, and speak to a lot of different people. It feels as though this is actually... Whether we like it or not, as Liverpool supporters, we are part of a much bigger story about French society and current French politics.
5: Yeah, it's it's not really about us. Um, we've just now been dragged into it by um, those ministers lying, really, um, and and actively deciding to do so. Um, probably before the match had even kicked off, really. Um, so yeah, it's it's a continuation of of what has been going on for for years. But as long as as long as they are going to lie. Um, then we have a role to play and, and you know you and I and, and everyone that's listening to this I'm sure will know full well that Liverpool supporters have got a, a role to play in something then they will play it with, um, with, with unity and, and an awful lot of strength um, and I, I think they haven't quite uh, they haven't quite banked on that. To be honest, I don't think they would have expected the response that they've had so far. Um, I don't think they would have expected UEFA to to climb down so much. I don't think they would have expected Real Madrid um, to pipe in and clarify that they had issues as well. I don't think they would have expected me to turn up on yeah pretty much every single tele- francophone television channel that exists and actively call them liars. Um, and everyone here, you know, sort of compiling audiovisual evidence of what of what actually happens and stuff. So um I think that I think that sort of the, the effort that everybody has put in so far has been has been really, really good. Um and and the impression I have is that it it just can't really stick. None of what they're saying can really stick because everybody just knows. Everybody in this country knows. Um probably an even stronger proportion of people in their country know, which I'd argue is actually more important. Um and so I, I think we're going to get to a point where um, there is there is some sort of enormous calm down and apology, basically. Um, but we can't just sort of sit on that and, and wait yeah. for it to happen. Everyone needs to continue to, to put the effort in.
0: Yeah, it's, it is the idea of with them that when you say they're about to, you know, everyone in their country knows. I, I think that's the... the what's what's gone and continues to go well and will need to continue to go well is just that ongoing clarification of here are the images, here are the facts, here is the situation as it was. You did a 90-minute presentation involving some images that people helped uh, crowd search for you as well online and pulled all that together and were able to go there and show that. And they had their own. When you got there as well, they'd already done their work. There is the idea, isn't it, that everyone's just consistently saying, here are the words that are coming out of your mouth, and here is what anybody who wanted to see saw. And mm. the two just do not marry up over and over and over again. I, I'm I'm stunned there hasn't been a climb down yet. I'm stunned that they were as stupid as they were last week to decide that they could double down on all of this. And yet here we are uh, where they have done that, and it's just sort of difficult to see how they get out now. The, 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 the sports minister's chief of staff resigned after a week in post. Uh, which is you know, staggering, I think it's fair to say. It's probably a week where he can't believe what's going on around him and has run for the hills, so he's not associated with this. You know, all of that just feels as though it's a, it's a wave of momentum.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, literally every broadcast that I've been on this week, including the ones from from before I went back to France, I, I don't, honestly don't know how many it is. It's probably 30, 40-odd at this point, Um Nobody's pushed back really at any point. Um, no one has tried to kind of actually defend um the French government's version of events or anything like that. I think the reason that they haven't climbed down already is because they're used to getting away with it. Um in in when it's a domestic news story only. So when it's um when it's uh, anti-racism campaigners or strikers or whatever, it doesn't become a story in the UK or around Europe or anywhere else. So they can just get away with it because no one's actually paying any attention and they can control the narrative and stuff like that. When it becomes um, a much more international issue and it's, it's obviously, you know, the political fans everywhere. So it's not just UK and France, yeah. issue. it's everywhere else. Um, then it's an awful lot more difficult, but I think they, they thought that they could do what they normally do, which is blame their own failures on first of all football fans, because they've they've done that for an awful long time in that country anyway. Um, but also just a sort of faceless mass of foreign people. Um, because governments everywhere do that all the time. Our own yeah. government constantly um with with social issues, whether it be poverty or um the NHS, um they'll blame refugees or immigrants or whatever um and and the same tactic is is being used about us now obviously in a very different way but in order to take the blame for the specific incident at the start of France but also to try and deflect from the, the French state's complete failure on on policing and, and violence in its own country over the course of many many years um and I think the, the momentum that's built up is really, really useful. I don't really actually know what's been going on here an awful lot because I've been there and so busy, um, but it's, it's constant. Um, so, so. I, my face must have been on, like, if, if you flicked off one channel to try and get rid of me, I would look on another one. And then they might have tried to go to another one, and that was at least showing footage of the game and that sort of stuff. Um, So many people have been writing about it as well. You know, I, what, one of the things that I was trying to get across while I was there was how sort of rare this level of united front is between the people of Liverpool, um, the club, all of the British media, really um and even the state to be honest um everyone seems to kind of be on the same page with with what happens and that there needs to be consequences for it i think um and like i i don't really remember that ever being a thing in my life yeah. before um so i was trying to explain this to them and i think everyone on the on the shows and stuff that i was doing was asking about like how much of a sort of serious diplomatic issue it could become i think they're very very wary um of of a real sort of breakdown in the reputation of, of france worldwide over this um or, or significant damage being done to it anyway it's, it's obviously hard to like make a prediction about what will happen to who um you know come the end of everything because they're, they're, they've got their own investigation then there's UEFA investigation and there'll be loads of other stuff that just goes on in the interim um but anything other than the, the french state Um, taking the blame basically um, would would surprise me an awful lot at this point because I just don't see who else um, it can really be
0: and and there's the context of the Rugby World Cup to a certain extent and the Olympics to a massive extent on the horizon as well they're conscious of that aren't they?
5: Yeah, so they will be being asked questions about that. I don't think it will satisfy either of those organisations if the French just continue to go, we're doing absolutely fine. This is normal. You know, cracking people's skulls just for trying to get on a bus or pepper spraying children just because they're trying to go to a footy match That's fine. That's just what we do. Come here for the Olympics. They can't just crack on doing that. Um, So I think in order to satisfy those bodies that they shouldn't actually be stripped of those events then they're going to have to make some fairly sweeping promises to not necessarily change the whole way they police their society, but but to change the way that they manage um, big events and sport and competition, certainly.
0: Okay. Um, listen, wherever you are in the world, because we are conscious, we are fortunate that there is a worldwide audience, it's well worth writing to any elected representative mm. anywhere in the world. Obviously, if you live outside Merseyside, that is even more the case, I would argue, uh, in this country. And it should go without saying, and I know uh, that there's deep sadness, to be honest with you. And I I don't want there to be deep sadness because as far as I'm concerned, we're with them and they're with us. But in places like the official uh, Liverpool Supporters Club in Paris, it isn't about uh, us versus them as Dan has gone to France and made absolutely crystal clear. It's not about... Uh, the people of France, it's very much about the French government. But if you are listening to this in France or in any sort of francophone country, it may be worth you contacting elected representatives as well and just keeping that pressure up. Dan's having a few days off uh, from tomorrow, which is exciting stuff for him. Uh, it is fair to say. You've got to be able to think about other things and, and recharge. You're looking forward to that? Uh,
5: I'm theoretically having a few days off. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to Primavera in Barcelona. Um but for various different reasons I think I'm going to have to take a laptop um and possibly just be ready to do things. So it's not it's not quite like um that I was maybe not, This is dreadful well, news, dreadful news. Well you know what, Neil, it's gonna be twenty nine degrees at least. Um <laughs> so, you know, if I've gotta do a call sat at a bar with a glass of sangria in twenty nine degree heat, then I'd much rather do that than um sat here to be honest so I'll still take
0: it. Oh absolutely uh, it's, it's wonderful it's how dismal the weather is uh, thank you very much to Dan, uh, let's get back on with the reviews could have gone smoother. Uh, not the talking to Dan, I thing I said before we spoke to Dan. Uh, could all have gone very smoother indeed, but in real time, you see, there's only been like a four or five second gap uh, for the people who are here, so you've got to bear that in mind. Uh, we will finish off last two season reviews on this Anfield Rap Show. We've got Siobhan and Kev. That is, uh, if you download the app, other people's season reviews are on there as well, a number of them all the way through, and we did some on tour live last week. Uh, first and foremost then, Siobhan,
2: began. Oh, I thought it was going Kev, Kev, It was fourteen. I'll cut the Kev. No, no, go on, no, go on, come on, no,
4: no, absolutely fine. Um, I'm glad I'm going before Kev. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that. It's just because I haven't got the stamina. He's going to call me a fridge.
2: <laughs> but she is a fridge. Actually.
4: I'm dead tired from this season, and I am ready for the for the break. And it might be the events of Paris, which obviously have left people feeling a bit chuffed um, about, you know, all things football. You know, kind of stifling any excitement. I think at the minute, um, but I am. Stone heavier skins knackers and uh, a bit of a fridge about it all. <laughs> but I'm fairly certain I felt like this before Paris, but I definitely feel like that afterwards. However, like when you when you um before you get into the season, what I think is dead important, and we've all touched on the parade and things like that, and you know uh, how important it was to us. I think it's dead important that we don't let any opposition fan define how successful this season has been for us because I've seen a lot of that going around at the moment like, ah, they're only celebrating two cups. 95% Ninety-five percent of them would swap places mm. in a heartbeat, yeah. and the shit they're chatting is just—it's so embarrassing. It's untrue, and um, you know i have seen so many hot takes about that parade and how it was like so funny what we were doing. And like, oh my god, have they got nothing better to do on this Sunday afternoon? Well, no, actually, because <laughs> what are you doing? You're going over to Toby Carvery nan. Like, if you're, go, if you're for Toby
1: on a Sunday, you're a fucking mug. The
4: <laughs> <laughs> you know how it ends is obviously bitterly disappointing, but my God you know, I mean, none of the, the 50,000 people who were blessed to be in that stadium week on week or none of the, what, half, how many was it? Half a million people who were at that parade. I wasn't one of them, unfortunately. But um, who were out there to give that the recognition that it deserved think it's anything apart from amazing. It's not funny. And it's an ovation that was absolutely deserved. And I think that, you know, I'm I'm contrarian in general, as we as we all know. However, what I'm definitely, I won't be told, and I certainly won't be told how to celebrate a season or how to define a season or how to think about a season afterwards. Certainly not by someone whose season has been an absolute disaster from start to finish. Mm. Uh, I'm looking at you, Man United
2: fans. <laughs> um. Dad. <laughs> oh,
4: no. Yeah, dad. Um, going back to the beginning, I think, like, what was a relief and what became clear quite quickly is that the hangover from the previous season was lifted Mm -hmm. and you know i I don't know how many times we were told oh you know don't expect the same verge to come back and blah 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 and that was all fairly reasonable at the time but we were all made a mug of for believing that fairly quickly weren't we i think the 1-1 chelsea game came a bit too early you can't be having that big game that early in that season for it to i remember um someone throwing me over the shoulder and taggies. I'm not, not. I'm wrong. not naming any names. <laughs> can't think of that. May bit. or may not. Kev flash my knickers to our 4, That's all I said. <laughs> well, she she says that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was frustrating, but I think like in the in the kinds of pathos of that early season, I think it just came a little bit too soon. Um, what I don't think anyone's referenced yet is the European group stages start around this time as well, and the madness of that starts. And set the tone for the entire campaign. That three two against Milan was some of that was the maddest hour and a half of my life. Like it was just like you had no idea what was going to happen, but then yeah. at the end of it, you went, "Oh right, Liverpool will get them to the very end of this competition." There's no doubt about it. And to go through that whole campaign, n- what is it the only English team to ever? To, to, yeah. to win all your group yeah. games.
0: Group of death as well.
4: Group of death, yeah. <laughs> group of death me whole. um But you know, that was, <laughs> I was so, you know, so clear what that was gonna, how that was gonna go. And anyone can talk about the easy run to the final. That group, everyone was made up. Liverpool got that group. Mm. um Obviously everyone's, we've all touched on like Mo's levels at the beginning of that season and how amazing they were. They were off the scale. Like he was playing football off a, on a different planet. You know, we spoke about the Wofford game, the City game. The fact that they come in such quick su- succession, and the audacity of our ends at Old Trafford to be able to sing, Salah scored ten in a row. Mm. I mean, you, that feels like a million years ago, but it was like yeah. what November, October, yeah. November, and um, you know that. I think that's going to be a little highlight for me. Just that little, just th- that one little line that you know very few people get to ever even have the cheek to sing something like that, and I just think it's amazing. Um, but it just showed how blessed they are, really. Um, now. This, this time is peppered with the disappointing results that some people have mentioned already Brentford, Brighton and I think that you know in the post-mortem of the season if that's the kind of thing you're into mm. that's where you look I suppose but I, I'm certainly not going to sit here and do that now because that's not I, for me that's not where seasons are won and lost there's a, there's a myriad of things you know Josh has on, touched on some of it and I think that if that's what you're looking to do at this point then maybe this just isn't for you um, <laughs> I think the running for Christmas Towards Christmas was just so unbelievably convincing that I thought I oh, here's the, you know th- this this the procession that's never going to end. But um, what struck me about it was how many different types of game we won. So there's like the drubbins of like Everton of Southampton, but then there's Wolves and there's Aston Villa, which are painful mm-hmm. to, to experience and to live through, but they still find a way. Um, God bless you, Divacaridi. <laughs> we all have to give him that one, don't we? Um, And it feels like a million years ago, but I know we've already touched on it, losing your best players to go to AFCON. I think everyone, no one felt sound about that. I think we all thought we'll muddle through. Mm. I don't think anyone felt sound about it. And as Josh has pointed out, it was a great time for the cup um, competitions to kind of um, gather pace. But... I don't think any of us thought, apart from me and Neil after Brentford, that um, Liverpool had any real business challenging for the league a couple of months later. And, and you know, what they've done since then has been incredible. Um, of course, there's absolutely nothing like winning a cup final in February to boost confidence and to send everyone on their way. And that that definitely showed um, in that, I'm not gonna touch too much on the last few months because I think they all lived so long in all of our memories. No one really needs a review of that because it was literally just then. But some like, unbelievable displays of dominance and levels. The United game at home. I've never seen, I've, I've never known it be so easy. That was a piece of piss for everyone involved. <laughs> Tiago made a show of absolutely everybody. It was too easy of anything. It was too, e- I, I was actually a bit bored. <laughs> it's a bit it, needed, it needed a pathos, it needed yeah. a story, it got, uh, and there wasn't that one. Came on and just when that glad with the hair, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and everyone's like, Rambo or Hannibal? No, Hannibal. Oh,
0: oh, Rambo. 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 Rambo.
4: Oh yeah, because Hannibal's <laughs> well more normal. <noble. laughs> <laughs> one of them's his actual name and one of them isn't. And everyone's going like, oh, man of the match, Hannibal. I, I had a lovely time on Red Cafe that night. but um, And <laughs> I, 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 I don't blame them, but, Christ, if that's your highlight, you know some some seventeen year old lad coming on as if he's never played a game of football in his life, and instead he's playing street fighter the entire time. Just incredible. Um, and the Everton game, you know, that was really needly and, and 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 difficult, but it was it it was a shift through the gears to just see them off and to put them to one side. And you know, I always like it when Everton play well and still don't come out on the other side of anything positive. Um, you know there was there was plenty of games in that running where it would have been so easy. We've talked about Southampton Villa all the games where you went down a goal Tottenham even you know even though it didn't end how you wanted it to it would have been so easy. To just go, do you know what this league's on of our it's not happening. let's just let's just you know keep our focus on on what's in our control and they didn't and that just further, you know kind of boosts my admiration for them and I think that You can't walk away from this season anything apart from proud. We had, as I said before, we had no business being in that chase, um, let alone still in everything else. And to come away a hair's breadth of winning it all, um, it's dead hard to take how it happens. That game against Wolves, you touched a nerve with me before, Amelia. You, you like disturbed an emotion that I hadn't looked at since, you know, since the game. And um, it was that sense of, I don't know how to act if this goes our way. Okay. I just physically don't know how to act because I was dead on over. Um oh, Yeah, I you were. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, oof. Um, and it was like, we'd all just mentally prepared for it to just, if Man City had just done the decent thing and gone 2-0 up in 10 minutes, it would have been a lovely Paris party, wouldn't it? <laughs> but it's it's such a classic, it's not what you said, it's the way you said it, yeah. it's <laughs> the way it all happened. And you know, it, I I wasn't. I wasn't computed to be human that day. I would just—I think I would have just had to go home. I think I would have just had to go home because I wouldn't have known what else to do. And you know, as it happens, didn't didn't need to worry about that. I went home, <laughs> but without having to really question anything. And you know, uh, not, not going to touch on on Paris because as the, the most one of the most disappointing things for me is above all the big picture stuff, which is all really um, important and is covered by people far cleverer than me. It's the fact that I hate the way we come away not asked about that result. I couldn't give a flying fuck what happened in that game. I'm not bothered. We lost. I can't even remember what happened in it. Mm. And I hate coming away from it feeling like that because that was the biggest day of all of our lives and I really hate feeling that way. And I think that's the thing I'm struggling to shake. But then the parade happens and I wasn't there. I was still travelling back. But I, I... I almost prefer watching it like it's a tv program like i hadn't like i I didn't witness it you know sometimes when you watch a match you're like uh and you watch it back afterwards it's just you know what's gonna happen. You kind of there's no there's no intrigue. When I watched that parade back, I loved how it was like the new kids. It was like the Year Sevens were at the front. Yeah. <laughs> the blazers were massive. You know, the bags. <laughs> the bags had their names in all this. And then you've got Year Elevens at the back who like haven't seen their blazer since Year Nine. You know, like the are wearing trainees. You know, they're getting away with murder. And um, it was kind of like they just let the you know the Simicastas and the Diaz's of the world enjoy themselves up top because they're like you know we've done it before and we'll do it again and I think that that's probably what I'm going to try and keep in mind is that we've done it before and we'll do it again
0: okay any questions? I thought it was very thorough. That was very thorough. Yeah, uh, probably
2: emotional as well. Yeah, yeah. Highs of lows.
4: I aim for tears. That's a, an occupational <laughs> hazard. I aim for tears. <laughs> <laughs> if
2: I been, been on the air yesterday? Clothing <laughs> at you.
4: Have I been on the air yesterday? Clothing at you. Right, what was your game of the season then? I've already, well we already touched on this at the at the live show, but Everton at home. I just, it wasn't, it was it was no great shakes of a performance or anything like that. It was fine but um, I was right by their end and I've mm. never seen more hate. I've never seen, yes. I've never witnessed more, more hate in my life. Like, mm. um, it was really distracting. I don't think I watched the game to be honest, yes. but um, that because of, purely because of, we've talked about narrative, we talked about storylines. If you had to pick two people to score against Everton, mm. tail end of the season, looks like they might go down, looks like we might win the league as it happens, neither happened, but where we were in that moment, who would you pick? you picked Evokarigi and Andy Robertson, wouldn't you? Because yeah. they fucking hate me both. <laughs> and um, that's, in summary, that is my game of the season for that reason alone. I've got this strange relationship with Andy Robertson. Well, in my mind, I have. <laughs> not, <laughs> Andy
2: so, Robertson doesn't feel it's like complex.
4: No, no, it's, no, he's not, he's not playing ball. No, it's like, I, I feel like he's my brother, but I'm also in love with him. Yeah, like I don't fancy him; I just love him. Mm, Do you know what yeah. I mean? And and I've got this. It's just it's so confusing. I'm 33 years old. I should be over this <laughs> sort of <Kate laughs> by right now. But um, you know, I think that <laughs> it, the fact that people hate him just only fuels that f- for me more. And um, long may it continue. If you know,
1: as I said, God bless the Vacherie. If he had to give any part and shot, that was it. But that was why. I think their behaviour around that, like. I know. I love saying "Imagine being us" all the time, but like every single time we've been, we've had to face Everton this season. I've just thought, "Fucking imagine being you." Honestly, what a desperately sad little life. (laughs) I know. There we are. We um. So so, we. Some of the
4: behaviour in that end, oh, listen, I'm sure yous are know better when yous go
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know she's talking about it. She's exactly right. <laughs>
4: I'm not saying, it's not a competition. It's not a race to some sort of moral high ground here because no. I know that that's just... That's just a, There's that's no moral high ground in
2: football, as Johnny Bill Bairn it, always says.
4: It's, it's, it's a kind of... It's a feral response to a situation that you're in. But there was a mother and daughter in my eye line. I swear to God, the daughter must have been about maybe 17, the mother 40-odd, whatever. And oh my God, if my mum was with, the, the behaviour they were learning off each other was just absolutely okay. cruel.
0: That's enough on the blues. That's enough on the blues. Are you sure? Cause cause cause, I'm, I'm, it's say, on YouTube. No, I'm worried cause... that you're last now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that this is on YouTube as well. So we'll uh, we will, we'll, we'll we'll park we'll park the blues. Go on, Kev, watch your season
2: review. You. We're not parking the blues. I'll take you that. <laughs> <laughs> relax, relax. I'll be good. Nah, it, I, I, everyone else has covered the season really well there, I think, and I, I agree, it, 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 but it's funny, everyone else has got, like, notes and that, but Seco didn't see what you just looking through the results, but the two girls have got, like, pages and pages of notes, and my season review has changed three times as I've been listening <laughs> to review. I was thinking, like, when you first said that's what we were doing today, I was like, oh, what games was, like, I was thinking Brentford and Brighton and I thought, what the fuck are you talking about, like, like who gives a fuck about Brighton at home and Brentford away, them, them drop points, obviously they go on to cost us, but I bumped into Usual after the after Paris and I picked Harriet up and I said to him, don't worry about that. I said there've been many seasons and fucking there's been actual decades where we've gone without winning what we won this season, a League Cup and an FA Cup. We went through the 90s from 96 to sorry, from 95 to 2001. we didn't win anything. Like literally didn't win anything. We'd won two this season. So then I started thinking, well, I'm not asked over like where the league was lost because he had ninety two points, he don't win the league. There's other factors involved, isn't he? So what? Well, what's the point of worrying about that? So then I started thinking, like, what are the highlights of the season? And one of them, you you brought up Amelia when Klopp signed his new deal, because like, mm. that thought I I was convinced that wasn't going to happen. Mm. So now you think, no, not only does he love us, which he clearly does anyway, he's obviously thinking bigger plans are coming here, and how boss has the time being with him already. And he's happy to commit to another however many years that he's going to be here. So you had moments like that. So then I started thinking about the highlights of the season. You're like, goodness in a way, unbelievable. That 4-1... I'm sorry, I'm talking to the mic. The 4-1, Hendo walking out of that tunnel before the game and you just knew what was going to happen. We knew, they knew, the fucking world knew, mate. It was, they were getting it that night and I was made up when he scored as well. So we had that. And then... Go through the highlights of scenes. There's, there's millions of them, but then you get to the end, and you're a bit like, I, I'm like Josh. Like I haven't engaged with football basically since Paris. no, To be honest, I didn't have that bad of a time. Like few problems with the police not getting in but not as, to any sort of extent like anybody else but he's fucking knackered after the season because it's exhausting supporting liverpool whoever city are playing <laughs> and whoever Everton. are playing <laughs> <laughs> honestly my game, my game of the season doesn't even involve us it's, <laughs> it, it's barely away at Waffle 21-2-1 it's fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> i was convinced that was the day everton were going down It got cruelly snatched away from me but that because you know, i've because i've been sort of every weekend there's been three games i've been involved in he gets up at me, you fucking knackered. Mm. So you can sort of, I think I did. It. I, sort of must, I sort of took my eye off how magical of a season it has actually been. Mm. So you think about like the league cup final. How class was he? That Kelleher scores the winning penalty in the league cup final after every other player on the pitch has taken one, and he just goes and slams his in, and <laughs> then they miss theirs. How boss was that? That end was unbelievable. Mm. Did it like as I say? I always go back to that that time when I was. Between 96 and 2001, I was in senior school and So you go from being like 12 to 17. And that's probably one of the biggest jumps you ever have in your life in a five-year period, isn't it? Like 21 to 26 is not that massive a jump. And any anything subsequent to that isn't really massive. But from 12, you're a little boy to 17, you're thinking a man. <coughs> and it felt like a lifetime that we, we didn't even get to a cup final of mind, man win one. Yeah. So when, when, when we won the League Cup... And like, then just went off to fuck. It was amazing. You know what I mean. And people can talk down about the league cup all he wants, but the people who win it, like it's a boss day out. It it, winning any cup is fantastic, but then to be thinking, well, we've at, we've actually played a bit of a second string in this. Obviously, Diaz was amazing when he when he in that game, and we were still strong, but it wasn't exactly our first team, and we still had like the rest of the season to go. And, it's often said that if you win the League Cup, it can be a bit of a springboard, and I definitely felt it was for us in that stage. Because during December, I remember doing a show. <clears throat> I must I assume it must have been after the West Ham game when we got beat? And I just said, I think City had won like ten in a row, and I just like, there's only one team capable of winning ten games in a row, here. And it turned out he was, but I just picked the wrong one. I thought yeah. I, I thought it was City who were going to do it, but it was us. But then after that League Cup final, everything just like it just rolls and rolls and gathers. Pace and gathers momentum and gathers mass, and it just breaks into a crescendo, doesn't it? Mm. And no one's even mentioned the FA Cup final. Do I you mean we'd be Chelsea in the FA Cup final, and then pitches from our end? They are. If you're like a South American team winning a cup and having that end after it, you'd be like, I wish we could do that in England. Mm. But some one team in England does do it, and it's us, do you know what I mean? And we've become half blase about it because, as I say, we're doing season reviews and we've not really even mentioned winning the FA Cup, which is. We've won it eight times in our history. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a massive achievement to win the FA Cup. <clears throat> and again, you touched on it before. If you're about people talking about like having a play for this, and having a play for that, just do what I've done and just swear to Twitter. Honestly, I just don't mm-hmm. see any of that shit no more. I just, I just don't go on Twitter. So therefore, like whatever some virgin in his Mars box room <laughs> just doesn't, it just doesn't enter my psyche whatsoever. And it's just so much better to enjoy your football about because when we won that FA Cup. Like Manny misses the last pen to win it, doesn't he? And obviously, I don't watch the Pearl pens anyway. But when he did, I was just like, "Oh
1: fuck's sake. You fuck knew he was going to miss it as well. It, it, it's gone. gone. I thought
2: it's just gone the wrong way because it's against his mates and all yeah. that. So to then have that disappointments from being one kick away from winning it, to then actually going to win it two or three minutes later, mm. the explosion was unbelievable. And as I say, those pitches for anyone listening to this, just go back and have a look at the pitches of Ireland that day, yeah. and appreciate that that wasn't even. And, and the players in front carried. of it, the yeah, players in front of it, absolutely loved it. The players, much like the parade, the players love any sort of celebration with the fans, don't they? Like, you can tell that it's always Virgil, I think, you can tell the most because he's the coolest man alive, isn't he? He's the, he could play for, if he wants to leave Liverpool, he could literally go and sign for any other club in the world and he'd adore him. But he loves playing for Liverpool. Now, you said before the sports were first and Liverpool players second. And I think that it's, it is true because to be. An elite when you've probably got to have that mentality mm. but I just don't think there's many clubs in the world where they get into the club and then get sort of drawn in and mm. dragged in as much as they do at Liverpool so when you see the likes of the likes of Virgil and the way he treats winning the FA Cup mm. who gives a fuck what someone on Twitter's saying about oh, it's only the FA Cup do you know what I mean that night in the grounds at Wembley was absolutely class and the trips we had down in the FA Cups. I didn't even bother going to the semi-final against Man City. Some, like somewhere else on my end. Look at the pictures of that day. I've yeah. never been more jealous to miss a game in my whole oh, life. The, the,
0: noise, the noise on the commentary was unreal. The yeah. sound of it was unreal after the first half.
2: Well, it's the sound of it. And there's, there's, a, there's a, um, a view. Uh, I think it goes to clock And you can see R.M. behind them. And it's pandemonium. It's like five minutes after we scored. And it's, it still looks like people are upside down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These are the things that you've got to take from a season like this. Because... You get to Paris and listen, Paris has, has now got its own sort of negative spin on it that will probably never shake, unfortunately. for right, to buster. Mm-hmm. I, I flew to Brussels with 50 of the lads. We went out in Brussels on Thursday night, then went to Paris and took over this boss little cafe where there were 100 of us on the Friday night. All the locals were clashed, you know what I mean? Next day, got up, didn't even get to the fan park, just had this big mad street party by our hotel. Unbelievable, do you know what I mean? You've got to, like, it's like, it's like anything else, you've got to sort of take the positives from it. And I know a lot of people are struggling with that yeah. at the moment because of the experiences they went through. And well, I'm very lucky that I didn't go through anything too crazy while I was there. But again, like what how many like them them pitches from the fan zone, Neil, that must have just been when you're on stage there, <laughs> mate, what what is that like? Do you know what I mean? Because it must just be mind blown. It It is. It is
0: when it when 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 it began to really fill up and you, you all you you can't see beyond red people wearing red. Going all the way back, and you can't see beyond people wearing red, and it's just you know. I mean, for Jamie, it must be even a hundred times more. It you know must be unbelievable, and the the sense of sound singers must have just thought, "What is this?" Because <laughs> it was just overwhelming by that point. But yeah, but even when we were finishing up, all you can see is just everyone's just wearing red, and you're just thinking, "God, well, this is amazing."
2: See, so if you can stop for, for everybody there that day, if you can just sort of stop your memory there, I know you can't separate memories like that, but that's probably the best day of. 70% of those people's lives do you know what I mean and that's before you'd even go to the ground I was say I wasn't even there and I was having an amazing time like a mad unorthodox street party that we just sort of arranged ourselves because we'd <laughs> taken over the street there was that many of us so when you get like my season of view as I say it started off I was thinking we lose the league and then you think well, we don't lose the league on 92 points and then you think well fucking hell like, some of the, the highlights we've had there look I even like I took my lads to his first ever away game at yeah. Preston, and David scores an overhead scorpion kick. <laughs> and, and then, mad enough, R. James gets the ball. And I met the you some, ball and he had it under his he yeah, yeah. so you know, <laughs> Highlights like that, that's that, like, that'll live with R. James. He still sleeps with the ball now. Oh. And, and honestly, there's there's millions of things like that throughout the season when you look at it. Like, you can look at, you can look at, you can look at life two ways, can't you? Oh, shit, we didn't do that. Oh, yes, we did do that. And if you're a Liverpool fan, not looking at how amazing like, that parade was. We were coming back from uh, Manchester Airport on, on the bus now. <laughs> I was a bit knackered and everyone was a bit goosed and we're all a bit like, oh, what, what do you reckon it's going to be like? It can't be half a million people coming, can we? we didn't We didn't win the European Cup. And then, like, I, I I, didn't even go to town. I went to West Derby over you know, by my mars with all the kids. And I was like, <laughs> it's definitely going to be half a minute. Yeah. Because it was, it was crazy. It was just a sea of people. Yeah. And everyone was just buzzing. All the kids are all made up. Flags everywhere. All the kids have got the kids on and all that. And as you said, with the players coming past, like when, he, when it was by us, like, Samikas and Kanate at the front. And they were just like, wow, this is amazing. I thought I told myself, lad, wait, you get into town if you think this was good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, Mo was on the side and Alison, and like, you're as close to them as you are to normal people type of thing. And my, my kids are like, oh my God, there's Mo Saladay. And he's sort of like, <laughs> looking at them type of thing, do you know what I mean? So a season where you get all of that and that all that joy, you just can't beat it. And the good thing is, next season, because of how well we finished this season, I feel like it's just going to be another role into that. To another special season on the way, I think.
0: Another special season on the way. Brilliant stuff. All four reviews absolutely tremendous. Uh, we're going to just do five minutes, no more than that, on the idea of doing next season. Quite possibly, got well Sadio Mane. Josh offering in from Bayern Munich um, feels that the Liverpool have just laughed it out uh, immediately. There is a, there is going to be a price point though, isn't there, where Liverpool are going to go? Okay, we'll deal on this. It might well be to do with whether or not they've got someone else lined up.
3: I think so. Yeah, I think it's it's got to be money which can go and get them a replacement, and that's I think as as a first off from Bayern. It's, it's it's a pitiful low ball, and I think Liverpool should, should should sort of treat it with that disdain as well. And I know it's it's almost like you know your own tricks best for Liverpool because I, th- I think it's exactly the sort of offer that Liverpool would, would put, Absolutely. Say, well, it's, it's put it's in. Absolutely. It's
2: a offer, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's basically
3: it, saying, well, you've robbed us, now we want to rob you. Exactly. it's it's, it's Liverpool's it, it would be Liverpool's way of sort of saying, like, this is what we value the player at, and we're, we're going to be the ones who who sort of decide what, what, what the price tag is here. But I think Liverpool should know their own tricks best and, and, and treat it with the disdain, as I say, the disdain that it deserves because Sadio Mane you know is that goal going off Koutoubi's back and over the line and Liverpool going on to win the game away from from being the Ballon d'Or winner in in, in my eyes and obviously depends on, on how he'd have started next season but I think I think it is genuinely that fine margins between him and Lewandowski for for the Ballon d'Or uh, him and Benzema for the Ballon d'Or sorry and I I, I think yeah, Liverpool should be demanding fifty million pounds, like at, at least so they can go and get their replacement and that should be that should be the stipulation the whole time. Because it makes it much easier to just file the player. If we keep Sadio money into next season, it's much easier for Liverpool to turn around and go, Well, Bayern just just didn't think you were worth that much there and we think you're worth loads and, and, and you can almost you can almost swing it that way rather than being like, Well, we'll just sell you for thirty million and and then we'll try and, you know, look down the back of the couch for some money for a for a replacement
4: really enjoying josh going straight in with the emotional there. they didn't like you enough to pay fifty million. Oh my god i wasn't thinking it from that way but yeah that's yeah. absolutely it yeah. um we know the cops not really keen to keep lads around who don't want to be there yeah. so if that's the case <laughs> with regret it's like i'm writing my my resignation <laughs> uh, with regret you'd have to just kind of yeah. you know for the right price kind of Kind of sends him off on his, on his, with our best wishes. I think we have to remind ourselves that we've most definitely had his best years. His best years are not ahead of him. Mm. They are, they are, they, they are behind him. Um, and, uh, God, we're really going in on the alley, on the emotional torture aren't we? Yeah. Now? Um, <laughs> <listen> to <Sadio>.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I mean that in, in a nice way, in that, like, it'll never get as good as it was yeah. here for them. And I think he knows that and we know that. And, you know, um, Provided there's a good opportunity for someone else to come and replace him and replace him at the caliber that he is now, not in two years time, mm. you know, if we've just got to kind of shake and move on.
2: Shake and move on, yeah. I I I totally agree with you all. I think we've had his best years, and I think he was <clears throat> it was bad at the start of the season because he was scoring goals, but he was not playing well at all. And mm. the move to centre forward has really suited him, but I think it stifled Jota. Um, I think he's made his mind up to go, and farm am with that. Sometimes that's just the way that's just the way the world works, isn't it? He's he's, a, he's been a fantastic player, and he's a Liverpool legend. I like
0: think I, what I think on that is I think he could do five years playing for Bayern Munich and win the league every year with them, and, and maybe win a European Cup with them as well. Whereas I think that the idea of five years with Liverpool in this league at the moment, it just feels a lot harder for me for him. I just, I just, I worry about what I don't want to. I don't want to watch a thirty-five-year-old Sadio Mane toiling. Is my thing. Yeah. That's what I don't want to watch.
2: Hundred percent. And if we can somehow get, Mo, excuse me, Mo signed up to a contract as well, we definitely don't need the two of them at that age. So, if you're offering me the choice between the two, and I know that Mane has been in better form than Mo towards the end of the season. I'd pick i Salah every day of the week because he's he's much the better player. I'm convinced that Manny's gonna be one of them players where you said it yourself on shows about you can see some players who the legs fall off in three games and that's it, it's gone. And it wouldn't surprise me if that was the way it goes with Manny. Whereas with Salah, I think he's a lot more adaptable and also not fitter, but so He's so got like a superhuman thing about him, hasn't he? Salah, where you think, when does he stop? Whereas with money? I think he started looking at his age a little bit.
1: I think Sadio plays so many games and plays so many 90 minutes that yeah. like, I can see that argument towards... He could just have a little spell where you go, well, that's it now. And and that's, that's the kind of the best we've seen of him. That said, I'm completely not willing to accept that he's going and seeing <laughs> a bit potentially being rejected is something I'm very happy I'd like him to stay, even if he's not happy about it, to be honest. <laughs> I'd like him to stay against his own free will, to be honest, <laughs> why I had the
0: choice. I'm all right yeah. with one more year. I'm all right <laughs> with one more year. Yeah, yeah, free. A
1: lovely little year, I'll take that. Because then I think as much as I accept that we've had the best of him, there's a little bit of the best left, I think. Yeah, and I think definitely. we're starting yeah. to see that, I think, as well. I think when it's not clicking for Mo, it doesn't click for the entire of the front three, because I think Mo gets so in his own head that it can't help but affect everybody, whereas I think when it's not working for Sadio, I don't know, I just think, I, I see a bit of a difference there, and I think the spells where we've seen Mo not being at his best you see that then kind of, there's like a, a shockwave that goes through the whole of the front three I think the games where it wasn't working for Sadio was getting frustrated himself and it's not happening, but he's still getting it always kind of feels like it's through no fault of his own because he's always in the right place at the right time and somehow it's just not happening for him, but yeah, I can't let him go and I won't
0: Excellent Okay Rock solid uh, We're going to be doing a reaction uh, On James Milner's stuff as well That is to come uh, Milner's going to sign a new deal Do one more year at Liverpool And with his future Lines up at Liverpool Must love the area uh, enjoys, Are
1: we going to the ball again?
0: Enjoys the commute uh, With a bit of luck uh, if, but if,
1: if I've had two years of no ball I'm just uh, saying If he's doing that ball again I'm there yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, We'll find out We'll find. We'll put some pressure on uh, We shall go. We'll say to Milner We shall go, go to, to the, the ball, ball. Okay. Uh, It was brilliant It was a fantastic series Of season reviews Thank you very much To Andy Heaton For producing Joe Amelia, Siobhan and Kev uh, Liverpool are going nowhere parades every year please